This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Anchorman. <gasps> Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. Oh, Best of popcorn. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, which my guest has seen before. She is the host of the Daily Tech News Show and Have Such a Good Day podcast. I'm so happy to welcome Sarah Lane to the show. How are you doing, Sarah? Well, hi. I'm doing really well. Um, this is a fun. This is this is a fun podcast. Um, I'm delighted to be a part of uh, many illustrious guests uh, of the list that you've had in the past. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm 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 so happy to have you on the podcast. This is absolutely amazing for me. So. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> no uh, worries. I love talking about movies. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we're here to talk about Anchorman. And we are going to have such a great conversation. I can already tell because this was a fun movie. Spoiler alert. I, I enjoyed it a lot. But yeah. uh, as we always do, we'll go over the stats of this real quick before we get started here. So Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, which I'm going to refer to as Anchorman moving forward because that's a super long title <laughs> anchorman is available for rent or purchase and all major internet, internet distributors and is available to stream on netflix uh it was available to stream on paramount plus which is where i watched it but it has since left the service uh anchorman was released by dreamworks pictures on july 9th 2004 the movie was directed by adam mckay and stars will ferrell christina applegate paul rudd steve carell and david koshner uh also in the movie Waiting, which we just covered. Uh, the movie had a budget of $26 million and made $90.6 million in theaters. Do you remember when you first saw this movie, Sarah? I do. And it's funny because I did not see it in the theater. I think I, gosh, it must have, it must have reached airplanes not long after because it would have been about 2004. But I had... My boyfriend at the time had seen the movie and just kept going on and on about how funny it was. Mm -hmm. And I was on a plane. Who even knows where I was going? But the movie was, you know, part of part of the uh, the choices. And so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll watch the movie. And you know what? Maybe maybe when you're on a plane, you're not that comfortable anyway. You're tired or you're grumpy. Mm -hmm. And I watched it and I was like, um, it had some funny moments, but I I don't know how funny I thought it was compared to the rave reviews that other people had given me since since that first showing, because when I said that to a few people, they were like, Sarah, you're, I mean, do you not have a sense of humor? This is the funniest movie ever. I've seen it countless times since then. And each time actually gets funnier. Mm -hmm. Even just the second time I saw it, I was like, this is so funny. I just kind of like, wasn't in the right headspace the first time, you know, where you just don't feel like laughing or something. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. I do. I do remember that. Well, where I, I kind of came back to everybody. I was like, you were right. This is really funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it's one of those situations where like, yeah, I, I, cause yeah, that's, that's a, that's a problem with most movies. I feel like too, is that, yeah, if you're not in the right headspace, you know, it can be a little bit 
you know, weird. But but it sounds like you did enjoy it if uh, a lot if you if you rewatched it a bunch of times. So oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, this is, and I know we'll get into this, but I quote Anchorman. I mean, it's got to be at least once a week mm-hmm. ever since two thousand four. So, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's very much part of the lexicon of my life. Yeah. Speaking speaking of that, actually, yeah. The the amount of memes that come out of this movie, I think that's what makes it so good is that the memes from this movie are just the greatest. Of course, you've got the the classics like, well, that escalated quickly. And then, I don't know what we're yelling about. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> one of my other personal favorites, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> like, there's just... Well, so- and this is... the yeah. People say that all the time, and they're not even being like, get it, Anchorman, get it. It's mm-hmm. just sort of turned into something that, uh, yeah, the, there's these phrases, glass cage of emotion is another one that people use. And you just, it's just a thing, you know, part of the, I would say English language, maybe in certain circles, but it's, it's, it has permeated culture. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, why do you think uh, this movie has had so many memes come out of it? Do you think like, is it just because they're so quotable or what, what do you think? I don't know. I, uh, and I, I'm sort of drawing on my first uh, viewing of Anchorman and kind of going like, this is weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's funny, but it's so irreverent and and sometimes it's like they're just like almost going off script. Like, what was that? I don't know what that scene was. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the just, it's supposed to be bizarre and it's kind of supposed to not make sense sometimes. And it's it's just it's sort of adorable at the same time i don't know i think it's just it just caught on in certain ways and mm-hmm. and and it's also just i mean the movie is i don't know if i would say slapstick humor it's not quite that but it's close you know it's like a yeah. it's like snl humor but you know long form you don't have the audience laughing and that actually makes it funnier because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, yeah, and and actually, Will Ferrell actually had a a role in the writing. So Adam McKay and Will Ferrell are listed as the writers. Mm, and yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, I I have to imagine that because Will Ferrell, I feel like, is really good at like going off script and ad libbing a little bit. And I have to imagine that a lot of those lines, especially from him, were probably just off the cuff, like in the moment. And they just, you know, did a couple of takes and that was the best take they had, you know? Uh-huh. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's not, it, you know, somebody's not stopping down and saying, oh, let's take this again. But it's like, there are certain scenes where, you know, I love lamp. It's like, mm-hmm. how many times did they shoot that scene and did the did it ever change from lamp? You know, because lamp doesn't mean, like, there's nothing special about the word lamp. It's just funny that, it's that's the way that Brick said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, he he may have he, you know the the previous take he may have said, "I love carpet, mm-hmm. I love wall." <laughs> it's it's still the same joke. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So i I really enjoyed this movie a lot because I will say when I was growing up, and and I told the story before on the Groundhog Day episode, but. For whatever reason, I just had this fascination with local news and just like watching the news to the point where I almost considered working at a television news station at one point. 
Mm-hmm. And I was, and and it was to the point where I, when I was little, I used to think that when the meteorologist, I mean, I had to have been like five, six, seven years old at this time, but I used to think that the meteorologist, when they were standing in front of the green slash blue screen, like I, I used to think that they were somehow like stepping into the screen somehow, and that's how they uh-huh. were getting past it. Because I thought, like, how are they behind the map? Like that was so cool as a five year old to just see that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. When I um, I probably thought the same thing when I was a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. My first, my first job when I was still in college as an intern was at a news station. But I wasn't doing like technology news. I was just, you know, helping the news team. Mm-hmm. You know, for the four o'clock or eleven o'clock or whatever shift I was working. Um, and even though uh, Anchorman it takes place in the seventies. There were a lot of truths to it. Yes. A lot of truths to like the kind of that, just that, because I was, I mean, this is, I was an intern in the, you know, later 90s. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously technology had advanced a lot, but a lot of the newsroom kind of drama and, and overall vibe was, it's, it's, it's exaggerated, but it's based on truth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, because that's actually really valuable because because, uh, yeah, because I've always wondered like aspects on this movie and and, may- and you probably have a lot more insight into that, you know, coming from yeah. that background. So as yeah, we- I didn't mean to jump ahead, but I'm no, like, no, 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 <laughs> I can talk about newsrooms all day. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. And, and when, when when we get into those uh, into those news tropes, I'll definitely want uh, your opinion on you know whether they got it right or not, because my, my, my guess is they're probably going to be right. But Mm-hmm. but uh but yeah but but like you said uh, so like so that was uh that was one area where i liked it but like not only that but i would i would even go a step further and i would use like like my toys that i had like just lying around and i would set up like this makeshift newsroom in my bedroom you know it, it granted mm-hmm. it wasn't that spectacular it was like a <laughs> it was like the top of a toy house as the news desk and I would draw up weather maps and set them up everywhere. Like, I, I don't know. It, it was the principle of the matter, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But my curiosity of the news making business didn't stop there because there was a, there was a summer camp I would go to for a week that had like a news. Like it, like it was basically a news summer camp where you got to make a real newscast. You got to visit a local newspaper and a radio station, and a TV show at the end. like. Those were some unforgettable moments of my childhood that I cherish so much. And for you, Sarah, what what made you get into broadcasting, do you think? Uh, well, uh, you mentioned uh, fun stuff you used to do to kind of emulate the news experience as a kid. Mm-hmm. When I was really little, like, I mean, like a toddler, mm-hmm. um, my dad, for whatever reason, probably just for posterity, um, would like just sit me in front of a tape recorder. It was just a little, you know, tape recorder like on the floor, press recorder. And he'd just say, just start talking. And then, you know, and it's just a bunch of gibberish. These cassette tapes are still around somewhere mm-hmm. if they even work anymore. And, but then listening back was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Mm-hmm. So since that age, and I graduated to like, I got like a kind of a fancy for my age stereo and my dad had a microphone that he bought me and he showed me like, okay, you plug it in, you press record, you know, you do your thing and then you listen back, you know, you could do that yourself. Yeah. And for years, I mean, this is mostly junior high, but I grade school, junior high. I probably had lost interest by the time I got to high school, 
But anytime a friend would come over, we'd, we would record. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. It was time to record. And we would pretend that we were news anchors. But we would like, we would like interview each other as characters. And then mm. we'd cut to commercial. And then like, just because kids know jingles for commercials, we would do the commercials and then we would come back. I did this with a lot of my friends. I have yeah. boxes of cassette tapes of this. And they're, yeah, I haven't listened to them in a really long time, but that was <laughs> when I tell people this, they're like, oh my God. So you wanted to be in the news since you were quite young at that age. I just thought it was funny, you know, and yeah. just a fun thing to do, especially because my friends were like, this is so impressive. Wow. You have a microphone. But, uh, I, um, was in a broadcasting program in high school. So uh, my high school, I was lucky enough to go to a high school that had like a pretty good vocational program for video. Okay. And so, you know, we would like put on the daily bulletin for the school, me and yeah. you know, however many for however many of my peers were in the class. And it was super fun. Like everyone one wanted to be in that class. Um, so I was lucky enough to do that. You know, I did that for two years um, in high school. And then I went to college. Uh, I was a broadcast major. And I didn't totally, I wasn't really like, oh, I'm going to be an anchor man or anchor woman. Mm -hmm. But I knew I wanted to work in the industry in some way. Um, yeah. So the kind of presentation part came later. I was a producer behind the scenes for a long time. So you weren't even interested in being on camera talent at first? It no. In fact, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, so that high school class, I mean, I was often the anchor, you know, we all rotated. It wasn't sure. just like Sarah's the anchor all the time, but mm -hmm. you know, some, some kids who were in that class never wanted to be the anchor and I was always fine with it. Sure. So, you know, I did that plenty. I have no problem kind of performing or being in front of people, uh, especially if it's a camera, <laughs> when it's a live audience, it's like still scary to me, but, mm. um, but no, once I got to college and it started to get a little bit more, you know, because you learn all sorts of stuff. You're not going to college to be an anchor necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, I went to San Francisco State. They have a great broadcasting program or they did anyway when I was there. But no, I thought like maybe I wanted to be an editor. I thought that was kind of where all the creativity lied. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I worked in production roles for my first few years out of college and, you know, they weren't on air things and it was never really a goal. It just kind of happened after a while. Yeah. So that's amazing. And, and, and actually. <laughs> Only because I just never stopped talking and someone's like, oh my God, just give her a segment. <laughs> well, and, and it's <laughs> funny you mentioned those things too. Cause yeah, cause I had, we, we, we would do the morning announcements at my high school. So not a full on production, but it did have like a camera set up and, um, you know, and, and all kinds of other aspects to that and i ran that for i think a year and then yeah me and my cousins would actually do the very same thing that you just said about like like we would have our we would come together and do our own newscast and just really do on camera stuff yeah yeah no we we, we did like literally the exact same thing and yeah that's it, so cool yeah i always was like i mean it was fun but i was always like this is kind of weird yeah <laughs> Well, no one else does this. It, well, but. and it all started uh, because uh, because my aunt was like, "Get off the Xbox," <laughs> and that's how it all started. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. That's it's it's funny. We're obviously you know slightly different ages, just slightly. Yeah. Uh, because because <laughs> when we were doing it, it was like, uh, I mean, I don't even think like Super Mario Brothers was out. It, I mean, it wasn't or that 
would have been what we were doing instead. Uh, mm, it was mm-hmm. it was either watch TV or go record, you know. And my parents were probably like, "Go record, <laughs> yeah. Go go into your bedroom, shut the door, have fun." Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's what it was too. It was like because they saw the creativity, you know, like they saw the creativity and everything, and encouraged us to do it. Which which honestly, I'm actually grateful for because you know it really kind of morphed into kind of what I'm doing today with content creation, you know? So Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. It's cool to it's cool to kind of be able to trace back to where you were encouraged to do it and realize that you liked it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and talk about the movie uh, itself here. So I gotta tell you, like they got they got most of the news tropes here, like absolutely dead on. Like Obviously, like you said earlier, with exaggerations, of course, but but the premise is very much on very much accurate. Right. So mm-hmm. so you have that set like it looks like like that new set that they have like on uh, in that movie. Like I have I've gone back and looked at old like 70s, 80s news footage like it totally looks like something straight out of the 70s and 80s, like the new station itself, like the desk and everything looks absolutely right at like even including the cork board quote-unquote weather map and the mustaches and everything like it's perfect mm-hmm. man yeah yeah it's um you know obviously it's the 70s uh different era um but y- yeah and and the the whole i don't know i mean I've thought I knowing that we were going to talk about this movie, um, which I, you know, I the last time I saw Anchorman was probably, you know, I caught it on TV or something. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't even remember, but it, you know, I was thinking, gosh, I wonder if the kind of sexist joke thing, because that yeah. is the whole that's the whole premise of of the movie. Right. Is that, you know, in the 70s, the men ran, you know, the deal. And women were sort of relegated to, you know, assistant or not very, um, not being treated as equal roles. And that's, it's it's like the movie is making a pretty big statement about that, but in a yeah. comedic way. Mm-hmm. And so there are jokes that I think, and I don't know if how much it's changed from 2004 to today. Certainly it has on some level. There yeah. are jokes that I don't know would land. Um, it just really depends on who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you go into it knowing that they're they're in on the joke, then that's why the ridiculousness of the whole yeah. thing is funnier. Well, yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, because we're, we're, we're looking at it from a lens of, you know, looking at it now in 2022, you know, obviously um, a lot of exposure and a lot of light into that, you know, dark, dark stuff has like been surfacing a lot, you know, in the forefront. And, you know, it, it's interesting to take a look at it from a lens of now versus 2004, where honestly, let's be real. I don't think people were considering that stuff back then. I think they were just seeing it and just saw it for the entertainment value, not realizing that, oh no, they're actually making a statement with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because even at the time you watch it and it's funny because of how much things have changed. Right. You know, there was, there was, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could, I can think of Peter Jennings sitting by himself. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, there, there are other um, examples, but yeah. have having a woman be 
in a prominent uh, news anchor, you know, very professional, well-respected role, that's just normal. In fact, if it, if mm-hmm. you don't have it, you kind of go like, well, where are the women? But, yeah. you know, it wasn't always that way. It took some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and, and I, and I actually did appreciate that too. And yeah, I, I just, I, yeah, that was, that was such an, that was such an interesting take on doing it. It was an interesting way that they took that for sure. Um, I will say uh, one of the things that really, one of the things that really cracked me up is, uh, they have the, there's this clip where there's a scene where Ron and Veronica are wrapping up the news and and it goes on standby and and I've seen this on uh, on actual newscasts where they just like mute the microphone and you just see them like conversing amongst themselves but they're muted uh-huh. so you don't know what they're saying and the again highly exaggerated what they were saying right but mm-hmm. it was hilarious like you know it's like cuz it, cuz it's like i always wonder what they were saying uh when the mics are cut at that point and right because they because they're always looking like they're having such a good time there's laughter and you know mm-hmm. everybody's great friends we're all a family here and it turns out that ron and veronica are saying the worst things to each other oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah that yeah talking about his man boobs he's got to punch her in the ovary like <laughs> like yeah super vile stuff and it's like I never knew that's what people, what anchors were saying when the mics were muted. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah, but uh, those fancy intros, I, you you saw it like right at the start too. Like you have you have that fancy intro where they're introducing all the on camera talent. It's like mm-hmm. this is the news with I don't know with Steve, someone I don't know. I could think of a name, but. But that that still even continued on like into the 2000s for my local for my local TV stations. I think it's finally started to phase out a little bit. But yeah, but yeah, no, those intros were 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah. I I, gosh, I don't watch a lot of local news anymore unless I'm in a hotel room. Because mm-hmm. if I'm somewhere that I'm not familiar with, boy, do I love local news. Yeah. You know, you just are like, where's the traffic jam? What freeway is this? I just love it because it's all the same, you know, that it's very formulaic. But uh, I know that, yeah, that that long drawn out intro of like, oh, gosh, who was um, I mean, I'm thinking of all my local anchors when I was a kid. I can remember all of them. Really, none of them are are, are working regularly anymore. But, um, yeah, it would be you know, with Pam Moore, you know, and she's maybe like, you know, she looks at the yeah. camera and it's got a cup of coffee, uh-huh, you know, and she's uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm ready, you know, and, you know, the weather person, you know, is kind of waving, you know, or, or you see like a shot of them, like in a storm. Yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's all, you know, it's all uh, designed yeah. to make you say, no, these are, these are people that I like and trust. They're just like me. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan Smith on sports. You can't forget the sports. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is always like the last person for, I don't know yeah. why that's just, that's just why I don't, that's just how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting too, because like I, I was watching my, my local news not too long ago. They don't even have a sports segment anymore. And I'm starting to notice it's like starting to, fizzle out of the local news market like Mm. are you noticing that on your local feet well like i said not watching a ton of local news sure i do you know and probably because where i live which is san francisco bay area you know sports teams you know we've (laughs) we've had a few good seasons you know in, in various um 
you know, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of sports fans. So it might be a little different here. We will sometimes if let's say I watch a Warriors game and it wraps up and I was watching it on NBC Bay area, mm-hmm. then they'll have like an after, after the game, you know, local segment that I might, you know, kind of look up after a while and go like, oh, yeah, I, I see what they're doing here because I haven't switched over to ESPN or something like that. Oh, really? But yeah, I, th- I think probably the cable sports market just got so strong that local news couldn't compete. Yeah, I would, I would think in certain markets anyway, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, that was my thought, too. Yeah, is that like, yeah, maybe it's because like the ESPNs and the Bali sports of the world have kind of taken that position now. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like if I can watch NBA on TNT, I'm not watching the local guy yeah. or, or gal, you know, and there's there's it's no fault of theirs. They're right. just as smart. It's just, you know, you kind of you kind of follow a little celebrity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the teleprompter <laughs> and the fact that Ron reads anything and I mean anything in the teleprompter. <laughs> in- Shout out to Catherine Hahn for that. For that, uh, you know, she plays a small role in the movie, but it's one of the funniest things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. Yeah, because you've got I'm Ron Burgundy, you know, and of (laughs) course, the moment where he tells San Diego. Yeah, it's like, go fuck yourself, San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. And then he and then afterwards, just because he's just read what's on the teleprompter, he's like, "Okay, good work. Tight broadcast, everybody. Yeah. And everyone in the newsroom is like this is the worst thing you could have ever said. And he doesn't even know what he did. Yeah. And it's not until he watches the tape back that he's like, Oh God. Oh no. Right. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. It's like, it's like you've now been fired and he's like, well, I I didn't. Oh shoot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, no, I really messed up this time. Uh, of course, this was the announcer, uh, the, uh, the announcer, like, who's like, it, we were just talking about with the intros. It's like, it's like Ron Burgundy and <laughs> Tits McGee. I love how Veronica just like rolls with it. And just like Tits McGee is on assignment tonight. <laughs> I know. I know. See, that that's one of those things where I'm like, I don't even know how this became a joke that got written into the movie. Mm-hmm. It's funny. But it's like, who thought of that? It's yeah. just so random. Yeah. So yeah. random. It's such a random. Yeah, you're right. It's such a random name, too, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's something that's not realistic in any way, but funny nonetheless. When all the news stations are competing, or, or like the competing news stations are like battling out, like brawl style, and 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 all of them too. Like you got the public access television in there too, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything. You got- you got the Spanish Channel guys. Yeah, you've got just like the other like jerk guys from like the rival network that you know Vince Vaughn is in there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, great. and and, yeah. What, and what's hilarious about that too is that like it, it's funny for the movie, right? And, and it's like way over exaggerated because what's funny is in the local news market, what I found just based on you know uh, anecdote anecdote, I can't say that word for some reason research that I've uh, come across like a lot of times because in in the in the local news market especially you'll hear of uh you'll hear of anchors and reporters switching to the rival networks in the local area all the time and so mm-hmm. they'll and they'll mention how like their colleagues at other competing stations like how they're really good friends and everything 
And it's like just hilarious to see them like fight to the death for their new station when in all reality, it's like, <laughs> it's not that way at all, you know? Yeah. I, 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 so when I, I was never at the level in local news where there was any personal rivalry I had with anybody. However, mm-hmm. the, um, the station that I worked for, I worked as an intern. And then when I graduated college, I actually worked at that station, um, you know, as, as a full-time employee for, for a few years. Mm. And, uh, it, at the time, this was KRON TV in San Francisco. And at the time it was the NBC affiliate mm. and, you know, NBC was like really cool. And so there was the, you know, there's a Fox affiliate, CBS affiliate, ABC affiliate. Mm-hmm. And we all knew who, who those guys were. And definitely there was like, you know, the, you know, ratings would come out and it was a big deal. You know, who, who won the 11 o'clock that night type thing. Sure. And so that it, there is truth to it, especially the higher up you get, um, the more that sort of thing matters. You know, mm. you don't want someone else. So, so you don't want an, you know, somebody sitting at home on their couch saying, well, I really trust so-and-so more than I trust Sarah. So I'm going to watch that other broadcast. You know, that would, that would have been just like dagger to the heart. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so it's kind of, so if I'm reading, uh, so if I'm understanding that, right, it's basically like a, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say ego, but it's like a, it's a competition. Yeah, yeah, no, it it's is a definitely competition. A, it's a competition, and really, the number that it all comes down to is, who, you know, who got the better ratings. You know, this is all Nielsen. Yeah, but uh, but but you know, there's <laughs> there's probably some personal vendettas as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, remember this all stemmed from the fact that Ron and his colleagues had to go get buy had to go get new suits because they felt sad about their defeat which is just like right it's like it, 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 from a wardrobe perspective i have to imagine that like like it, they've got so many like you know you know suits on standby like like all the guys do and, and and the ladies i i assume have like all kinds of different like clothes that they swap out between and everything and like do they mm-hmm. have like like because they have dressing rooms and stuff i assume they have closets full of clothes that they have i'm sure yeah, it's a little different for, and again, I'm going back to what is definitely an outdated stereotype sure. for, for, for our modern world in 2022. But, mm-hmm. um, but in general, yeah, uh, everybody's got, you know, a certain amount of wardrobe that's there. The men can get away with wearing, you know, the same seven suits over and over. You know, when's the last time you watched the news and said, I think he wore that last week? Yeah, never. never. You know, <laughs> with women, it's a little bit different, um, especially because news has gone. It leans a lot more sort of hmm, uh, a little bit more gossipy, a little bit more entertainment. Sure. Uh, and it depends on the market. I mean, I lived in L.A. You should watch local news there. I mean, it is it's all about Hollywood because what else are you going to talk about? Yeah. But, um, but it's yeah, there's definitely there's wardrobe, there's makeup, there's 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 lots of things that go into seeming seemingly effortless uh, broadcast. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were mentioning how, um, you know, like, so, yeah, the 70s obviously were a ridiculous time. And we were talking about like, you know, uh, how like, you know, like how dominated the industry is from of like the from a, like how the males like were dominating the news industry back then and mm-hmm. and veronica like 
you know, is wanting to, you know, and, and, and I admire her for this. Like Veronica is, you know, not wanting to get into a relationship, is trying to keep everything professional. Yeah, and, she wants to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. And, and she doesn't want and she also doesn't want to like be seen as like, oh, I was carried to this position from a man. Mm-hmm. Like she's very independent, like wants to get there on her own type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's funny because the movie uh, the movie sets it up as like, oh, OK, she's going to try to break through, you know, a glass ceiling that nobody, at least at this station, who was a female has done before, you know, and she's got confidence. But she's also you know, she's the first time she's um, I guess it's the first time that she's anchoring so low, you know, and, she, and she's getting ready. She's like, power, power. Power, which is funny because it's like she's obviously very nervous mm-hmm. and unsure if she can pull it off, you know, but she does anyway. And and it is, you know, paving the way for, you know, many to come after her. So it, yeah. it's actually it's actually a pretty wholesome message if you can get through just the bonkersness of the movie itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And, and, and it's one of those things where it's like context is everything, right? Because, yeah, because on the surface, when you see those lines, you're like, what the hell? But then you have to then you have to go further into the movie and realize, oh, okay, yeah. So this is about like how Veronica is such a badass and how she is able to like handle all the bullshit that the guys are giving her and everything. And exactly. And yeah, it's, and be able to take that most like senior position of being anchor at the front desk too. Like, yeah. It's an inspirational story from that aspect, I'm sure. Very much so. Um, and the fact that she not only gets her shot, but she's really good. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, the, t- the, the I was about to say the town, the city of San Diego is like, we love her, you know, and the ratings are good. And they're like, OK, we got to we got to do something, you know, with this gem of an anchor that we have on our hands, which is actually I mean, it kind of does work that way. You know, if somebody gets. I won't even mention names because it could get weird, but mm-hmm. uh, at the news station I worked for, which was uh, Channel 4, um, you know, NBC affiliate, there was when I was a, I don't know if I was an intern or doesn't matter. I was working there and there was a woman who did, uh, she was doing the traffic report. So she wasn't really on the broadcast for very long every day. You know, mm, it was like a mm-hmm. check in. Here's the traffic. Here's what's going on in the 101 or the 280. Well, yep. we wouldn't have said the because it was San Francisco. That's something. People, but yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, all you know, here's where the accident is. You know, it's really just a, it's just a hit, uh, which is, you know, something that you hear on, you know, any radio station all the time. And she was she was she was very pretty. She was very just like she was she worked in the mornings. So she was just sort of, sort of like very positive, a bright light, and she was beloved. And it was it was like it wasn't she wasn't even an anchor. She was kind of I don't want to say like, oh, this is like a throwaway job. But it was just, you know, something where it was like, you know, maybe five minutes. Yeah. And she got she she ended up um, coming up in the ranks like they they just gave her every segment that she would take after a while because people really loved her. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of that. And, and it was all it was, was that she was super likable and she resonated and, you know, she gave good information that people wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's yeah, for sure. And, and I feel like that's the, I feel like that's the key to, to any success, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and I got it. So, although, you know, because he, here's the thing, Veronica does have to start out uh, working, doing a story about the cat fashion show, which I love how she is like, she's like, absolutely not. Like, this is, <laughs> this is not, this is not my first story, right? This is not my first assignment. And, you know, everyone has to start somewhere, right? But, and I have to right. imagine that, like, I, there's probably young reporters out there who are, you know, stuck with these, like, weird and crazy stories and are, like, just, you know, it's, it's like they're waiting for their big break, you know? And and I have to imagine that's what's, that's sort of simulating, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, it's kind of... <laughs> I mean, if you worked in news um, or re- even, I mean, even on DTNS, we, we have a segment in the show. It's usually towards the end of the show that we call the kicker. Mm. And that is just old speak for what people used to call a segment like the cat show. It's a kicker, meaning it doesn't, it's not top, top story. You know, oh, you're yeah, kind of no. lead, lead the news with that. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. But um, but it's but it's something where it's like, well, before we wrap up, let's see what's going on at the fairgrounds where the local cat show is, you know, mm-hmm. here for, you know, its seventh annual event kind of thing. That's yeah. a kicker. And so there are, you know, lots of folks who, you know, it's like the job no one else wants to do because it's not very serious. You're not really going to mm-hmm. be like known as some hard hitting journalist for doing that. But the public kind of likes it because you end up on sort of a light note. Yeah. Just in case the news was kind of crappy today. So, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's that's that is a, a segment as old as time. Or or perhaps if the newsroom is having trouble finding other news stories, maybe <laughs> that too. Because I right, definitely exactly. I've definitely because I've definitely seen that where they're like in the middle of the broadcast, they'll be doing that. And in my mind, I have to think, oof, they might have had a rough news day if they're already at this point in the in the broadcast. <laughs> exactly. In fact, you can you can bet money on it that, you know, yeah, if you're if you're getting a kicker type story 10 minutes in, it's like, oof, <laughs> something either like broke in the control room or it's mm-hmm. a news day. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And I will say um that uh so going back to Veronica and Ron's relationship for a moment so uh, like so even before even before they have uh their relationship and everything the first time that Ron and Veronica meet because you know every every the natural place you would want to go after you celebrate a great newscast is at someone's house with a swimming pool and having like this party at someone's house right like <laughs> right. That, has that ever happened is that has that ever i don't know like i imagine there's probably like you know company retreats maybe or something but nothing maybe like that i don't think or am i wrong well i maybe not maybe it's less appropriate now i have definitely gone to not after just like a day at the job but i mean i've definitely been at pool parties with my coworkers. um oh, okay I mean, nobody was naked or anything, but but yeah, definitely yeah. something where it's like it's pretty cash, you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. cash. Yeah, yeah, and, and Ron was taking it so casual he was wearing a speedo. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh man, uh, but uh, I, but either way, so it, so it, you have all of these like you know all of these men trying to you know try taking their shot right with veronica and veronica's like no 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 and then it gets to ron right and 
and you know he's actually being respectable and he you know he's asking her you know to go like i'm gonna i want to take you through a ride to the city like it's a new city like she wants uh, she wants to get to know the new city and then like towards the end of the conversation it's like oh i'll pick you up at x time and then you notice uh ron buddy um (laughs) you've got you've got you got a you got a slight little issue going on right now. <laughs> right, right. For anybody who's like, what are they talking about? It's a a, a physical issue. Um, mm-hmm. a pr- pronounced, you mm-hmm. might say. Yes, pronounced physical <laughs> issue. Yeah, yeah, very pronounced. <laughs> uh, but here's the weird part about that too: is that after that conversation, like if Veronica is meeting. Uh, meeting Ron down at like the down at the hallway and she and after that interaction she has a crush on Ron so I'm trying to (laughs) yeah I think I think that even though he's a ridiculous character he's kind of a buffoon you know in many ways Mm -hmm. he's still somebody that she's like he's the coolest person at the station Mm -hmm. you know like the fact that he wants to like you know, show me around the city is like pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I, I've definitely, I don't, I, (laughs) no news anchor has ever taken me around a city, but uh, you know, when I was like young and impressionable, but, uh, but I can see that. Right. She's trying to aspire to get to his role. She's not necessarily trying to date him or anything, but it's like, you know, and they have a conversation later where, you know, he says, you know, he's always dreamed about being, you know, a national anchor. You know, and she yeah. says, we share the same dream, you know, and he's like, what? What are you talking about? You can't do that. But uh, but I think that that's that's why she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. It's not so much that she's like in love with him yet. Mm, yeah. Well, they eventually do sort of get in love, I suppose. I, yeah. I, I got I to tell you that that like that scene with like, I don't know if it was like a horse or a pony. I don't whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Right. Like that. That scene is just unbelievable. And it, and, it, and it was one of those scenes where it's like, it's like they were, it, it was one of those creative ways to show like, oh yeah, no, they're definitely making love without showing you that. And, and I thought that was actually right. kind of creative the way that they did that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like, it's cartoonish. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, and like they're acting like children. So it's funny, but it's like, yes, you understand that it's sexy time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To which, of course, you know, Veronica wants to keep their relationship on the down low. And I, I, <laughs> I would completely understand. And then Ron goes and tells everyone about his relationship, including on the air, because he just can't help himself. Right. Like, I just yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, but the but it, it all culminates into that bear pit scene at the very end. And I'm just I'm trying to figure out like because Ron is definitely not the smartest bulb in the box. I think that's a fair assumption, right? (laughs) Yes. But why would he jump into the bear pit to save Veronica? I just I (laughs) because as soon as he does that, right, it's like it's almost like love is like clouding his judgment almost in a way. I, I don't know. I guess that's that's the only way I can see. Yeah, I uh. Yes, I think I think the 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 whole idea is despite everything that's happened, he loves her deeply. He doesn't want to see her get hurt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his hero instincts kick in. But then, of course, 
they kick in and he just makes it worse as usual. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's how it goes. And Baxter has to save the day. Yeah, yeah. Baxter, man. Yeah, no, I was we'll, we'll talk about Baxter in a little bit with that, with the with the scene involving Jack Black. But uh, but uh, but like you mentioned, yeah, the, it was their dream to work for like to be a national news anchor. And like and and I, I do wonder because I haven't seen Anchorman 2 yet. I know that it exists, but I haven't seen it yet. Like now that Ron and Veronica are working for World News Center, I'm, I wonder how that how Anchorman Two goes now because they they've 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 did it right. They've they've hit their goal right. So now where does it go right? It's funny until you mentioned Anchorman Two. I I mean I am positive I've seen it because I liked Anchorman so much mm-hmm. the first one, but I don't remember anything about it. Oh, I, 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 I'll have to rewatch it. Maybe there there are things that I will remember. I don't mm-hmm. think it, you know, it didn't get the same fanfare, but uh, yeah. it probably did pretty well just because Anchorman, you know, the original was so popular. Yeah, yeah, for sure. By the way, I want to mention that uh, I, I love that scene. So like Ron kind of gets disowned after he does that, uh, after he does that FU line to San Diego, he gets fired mm-hmm. and he's like down on his luck, right? And then the station calls him back in and he goes from this being this like kind of almost like bum, like, like you know, vagrant. Look. Yeah. 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 But he go he goes into the bathroom and immediately transforms back into like like Clark Kent transforming into Superman. <laughs> like, right. yeah, like that was that was funny. I have to imagine that was the inspiration for that. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, again, it's like no one is like no one sitting watching Anchorman being like, well, hold on. He didn't have an extra suit. That didn't make any sense. It's just you just got to go with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, but I, I that was one of my favorite moments in the movie. Um, I want to talk about the cameos real quick, because there are there are three of them that th- there were a couple of them that surprised me. Um. Of course, you've got the <clears throat> I think the biggest cameo was Jack Black, who played that biker dude that Ron accidentally. By the way, Ron is freaking littering, by the way, like, Ron, what are you doing? Like, you're throwing your food out the window, right. <laughs> but but he throws it onto Jack Black, who happens to be this like biker dude. Right. <laughs> and it's like and then Jack Black's character proceeds to kick Baxter into the ocean. It's like, no, not the dog. Don't get the dog involved in this. <laughs> I know that was I remember because well, I'm, you know, anything that's like even if it's funny and obviously not real. I'm like, sure. I don't li- I don't like pet jokes like that I as know. much. Of course, you know, it all ends well. But uh, I don't. I guess I knew that was Jack Black. I'm trying to think of. When did, yeah, so I, Jack Black, the first movie I saw him in was High Fidelity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was well before Anchorman. So yeah, I must have known who Jack Black as a cameo in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, and, it, and, it, and it's funny you mentioned High Fidelity because we actually do have an episode of Cinemavention on High Fidelity. So oh, cool. you want to listen to that. That's a great movie. I do. Yeah. yeah it's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If anyone else wants to listen to it, uh, it was with uh, Mike TV. That was such a good uh, episode. Go check that out. But yeah, no, Jack Black, uh, School of Rock, I think was kind of like the biggest hit he had at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Either was yeah, like already I, you're in development or like was wrapping up or something. I don't know. I I 
I'm sure he did stuff before High Fidelity. That was the first time because he kind of, you know, he's he, he's sort of a runaway hit of the movie. He's yeah. funny. He's, you know, crass and and yeah. You know, oh, and uh, stuff. Tenacious D, we can't forget, too. So, of course. Yeah. 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 In fact, I wonder. Black is doing these days. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I, I know that he started like a YouTube gaming channel. I know oh. I, I, that was the latest project that I saw of his. I don't know if he has done anything else other than that recently. Uh, if anyone in the chat room knows, let us know. But uh, but yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I haven't really seen a whole lot of Jack Black lately. But well, I'm sure he's doing something very interesting and I just I'm looking in the wrong places. So when we finish this podcast, I'm going to find him and I'll let I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, he's like <laughs> I will I will find him at his home. No, <laughs> yes. yes, respectfully, of course, keeping a safe distance. But I'll you know, I'll find him. Oh, I'm yeah. Yeah. After all. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, I uh, so the owner, the restaurant owner of Tino, which is where uh, Ron and Veronica go to eat. uh like uh, Fred Armisen plays the owner of the restaurant and he has that like weird, I don't even know what accent that is like, but he's got like, I, yeah. I didn't know that was Fred Armisen. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Like I, it, I looked at the cast and I was like, Oh, that was Fred Armisen. Like, yeah. But, uh, and apparently by the way too, he has, like he has a second appearance in the extended cut of the film. And I saw like a little clip of it and like, it, it was at the point where Ron gets uh, is like in the disowned phase and he's mm-hmm. just like <laughs> and it, it, he gives him like a literal plate of shit, I think. And he's like, you will eat this shit. You will eat it. <laughs> oh it's gosh, unbelievable. So yeah. Um, and, and you were surprised about Fred Armisen being in, the, in this. I was surprised. So Ver- Veronica's camera operator. So Veronica does this uh, does the cat uh, fashion show story. And it turns out that Veronica's camera operator is played by Seth Rogen. And I was and I did not recognize Seth Rogen looking like that. Right. <laughs> like, that's what was crazy. And he, it's funny. It's, he's, he's literally credited in the movie as eager cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm 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 looking at a, a still shot from the movie where he is, you know, holding the camera at that show. And mm, mm-hmm. this was pre me knowing Seth Rogen because he kind of he started to become like the lead in comedies sometime after this right yeah yeah. long after this but yeah it's I I I wouldn't I wouldn't have if I watched it right now I'd say oh my gosh that's Seth Rogen of course he's recognizable but Mm -hmm. yeah I I didn't know who he was at the time it's he's also in the movie for like five seconds yeah yeah no well and and honestly too yeah because he looked like I think the problem was it's like I don't mean to disrespect him, but he did look a lot younger in that shot. And I think that's what threw me off. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Ron Burgundy, uh, I, I got to mention, like, uh, so Ron Burgundy has actually been making the rounds on uh, TV. If you'll notice, uh, he, he's, you know, I mean, of course, he's a mega star and all, but turns out in my little re it turns out there's a giant rabbit hole of clips that you can find on YouTube. Cause he's been a substitute anchor at KXMB in North Dakota. He's been on several late night talk shows. And I even found out that he has his own podcast where he actually interviews people. Like who would have thought like Ron Burgundy having a podcast. So, okay. I, I don't totally understand what this means. Is it Will Ferrell playing Ron Burgundy? 
Yeah, or... no, it's literally yeah, no, it's literally Will Ferrell playing the character of Ron Burgundy. No kidding. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, I did and, not know this was going on. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, but he, apparently he interviews people like in character, and that's the whole podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is amazing. I don't know how I didn't know about this. Um, you've yeah. given me quite a gift. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, pull it back the curtain here. I, obviously, I was playing it up a little bit for that, but. But Will Ferrell, like, it, I, I got to say, like, Will Ferrell is actually, like, such a good sport, like, because he's played Ron, like, he's done, he's done an interview playing the character on ESPN with Peyton Manning, like, he's done mm-hmm. so many interviews in character as Ron, like, I'm sure for most actors, it's got to be annoying to keep, like, reprising your most famous roles and, like, doing all of these, like, you know, crazy things. But, yeah. uh, but you know, like, but it seems like Will Ferrell kind of lives for it. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like he, he's very unique. I feel like from other actors in that aspect, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was, <clears throat> and has just been one of my favorite comedic actors, even though he's, he's done less comedic roles. What was stranger than fiction? Remember that movie? Yeah, also a yeah. good movie. You know, that's, that's not, re- it's like. Sure, there's some comedy in it, but it's not really a comedy. You know, he he has a lot of depth and a lot of range, but he was always my favorite SNL character. He's mm-hmm. just he's just so good at deadpanning funny things. Um, even though in the credits of Anchorman, which is one of the f- best parts, is you know, oh all yeah, the, the outtakes, all, all the bloopers, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the one of there's one where you know he and Veronica are like sitting in his car and they're talking about like what San Diego means you know and he's like I think you know a whale's vagina and he can't even he can't even get it out and he's like this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever done and yeah. so it's like very humanizing because you're like he's so good at being funny and you think it's just natural but you know th- they crack themselves up and they you know they they break down too because oh yeah yeah, because no, that, they're human. Yeah, that was that was funny. And the other favorite one, because he the the other outtake that I loved is that they were doing insults and they kept going back and forth. Like those were definitely like ad libbed insults that they were coming up with on the fly. And then yeah. they just lose it after a while. And it's just yeah. it's the funniest thing. I love outtakes in movies. Like so do so do I. I mean, I know it's not always appropriate, but if it's supposed to be a funny movie, it's like throw them in the credits. Everyone oh, yeah. loves that. You know, and if they're in the theater, they will stay through the whole credits. Like you're not going to yeah. get up and like miss. It's like it's still the movie's still funny. Yeah, no, I've I've been on I've been on so many like I'll I'll watch blooper reels of just like various stuff. Like I've I've even watched blooper reels of shows I haven't even watched, and like and I'll watch it, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know. I'm just laughing my ass off the whole time because it's in some way it's sometimes the bloopers are even more funny than the actual movie itself in some cases like, right well because it's it's a couple things like first of all everyone loves when somebody like breaks character mm-hmm. but you also are like oh wow there's a lot that happens that you just don't see in the final cut mm-hmm. you know there's there's there they've obviously you know there's there's so much that just that that gets cut out you know that happens between takes and so it's you know watching the sausage get made a little bit yeah yeah for sure uh, before we get into the ratings, uh, is there anything that I didn't mention that you want to cover? Um, well, my, one of my favorite insults uh, that Ron says to Veronica is that she's a dirty pirate hooker. Um, oh, that wow, is something yeah. that that's <laughs> something that some of my friends and I say to each other every so often. 
we are referencing Anchorman, but it's just funny. Now, mm-hmm. it might not be funny to you. So, you know, sometimes my humor is a little weird. But uh, yeah, besides, besides, um, oh, <laughs> one of, so so I mentioned that the movie, when I first saw it, I, I, I thought it was kind of funny, but like, what is this? You know, yeah, yeah. long, kind of meandering. It's that Judd Apatow thing that I'm now used to, but I wasn't at the time. Mm-hmm. And they've got that, they've got that, you know, the the guys, the four guys, you know, are sitting around in the studio and and talking about like what they're gonna have for lunch or whatever they're talking about, and and they mm-hmm. break into song of afternoon delight. Oh, and yeah. Just, and then and you know, and they kind of go like, uh, because I think he's. I think he's saying something like, oh, he likes Veronica. And so they sing the song or they sing part of the song. Right. And then right. they kind of, you know, and they're harmonizing and they're, you know, it's, it's, it's as if they've done this a million times before. Oh yeah. And yeah. the song ends, you know, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the uh, reporter looks at Ron and he goes, you know, Ron, I don't know. This just sounds crazy. You know, as if the song never happened. And it's like, that's just, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird. It doesn't mean anything, but it's funny. Yeah. It's just really funny. That's just one of my favorite parts. Yeah, right on. Yeah, no, yeah, because it was because uh, it was right when Veronica, well, or yeah, they were talking about how like you know it's like it's like Ron, we need you, man. Like you're you've been distracted by Veronica. We need you back here, man. Like that was sort of what they were going for. Yeah, no, that was a good scene too. Right. Yeah, he's trying to explain like here's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is what love is, gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let me explain. In song. <laughs> yeah, song and dance, right? I, mm-hmm. Except they didn't really dance, but anyway. <laughs> so, so Sarah, uh, final rating of this movie. Our, our scale goes thumbs up, thumbs down. What would you give it? Oh, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to be like, you know, from one to ten, I'd be like, eleven. I love this movie. <laughs> one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, yep. Yeah, I, I probably gave it away in the intro, but yeah, massive thumbs up for me. Like, I've, I've love, I love newscasts. Like, I love, like, you know, the ins and outs of everything. Like, just, yeah, this movie was unbelievably funny. And I probably, probably up there is one of the favorite, one of my more favorite movies that we've covered on this show. Definitely. Well, great. I am glad that I was able to be part of a movie that you really liked. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you often dislike movies? Uh, th- yeah. Every, every once in a while, there will be one. I, I, I'll give you an example. Aliens was one that I absolutely did not like. And, mm. it, and it was a pacing problem for me. That was my main issue with aliens is that like, mm-hmm. it was, it would have been a, better movie i think if the if it wasn't just so so damn slow (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah i don't remember it i kind of remember alien being slow in its own way too which is you know part of the suspense you know Mm -hmm. of the you know of the genre but but yeah yeah i mean you know i always say to people but there's certain movies that someone will be like want to watch this or want to go to the theater uh with me and watch this and i'm like i just know i won't like it i don't want to bother but often I I almost like watching movies that I dislike because it's kind of fun to pick it apart and be like, here's why I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Have reasons, you know, and yeah. we all have different tastes, so we're not all going to like the same stuff. Sure. It's kind of like going to a new city and being like, I don't really like the city, but now I can say it with authority. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, and I've definitely done that with some of the movies on this show where I've like picked apart like where I've like ripped a ripped a new one into some aspects of this of some movies like yeah, uh-huh. no, it's yeah. There's definitely some movies that fall into that category. This is not one of them, though. 
Uh, and yeah, this was a great movie. And Yay. and Sarah, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. This was such a great conversation. Um, it was so fun. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, tell the good folks where they can find any of your work that you do online. Sure, sure. So as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, I am a co-host on Daily Tech News Show, which you can find at dailytechnewsshow.com. <laughs> Probably a lot of folks listening are already familiar with the show, but if you're not, um, mm-hmm. 30 minutes uh, live, but also on demand, depending on your schedule, a uh, show that we do Monday, Monday through Friday. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you join us live or listen at your leisure. Uh, I also do a weekly podcast with my co-host, Heather Frank who goes way, way, way back uh, into the news days with me. Uh, she and I were, were, both, were both newsroom rats at one point. I say that with love. Um, have such a good day.com is where you can find out more about the show. You can subscribe from there, all the good things. Both of these shows, by the way, you can find on any podcast app of your choice. Um, and because I'm in technology. I'm usually the first Sarah Lane, although there are many of us uh, mm-hmm. in the world to sign up for everything. Um, there, I, there are some exceptions. I'm not Sarah Lane on Reddit, and I'm still mad about that, but that <laughs> is neither here nor there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Sarah Lane. That's Sarah with an H. On Instagram, I'm Sarah Lane. I'm probably the Sarah Lane on any social network yeah. that's, that's been around for a while. So yeah. Um, if, so yeah, if, it's yeah. A, if it's a Sarah Lane, it's probably her. <laughs> it's it's probably me. So yeah, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter. I, I don't tweet all that much these days, but I'm yeah. trying to trying to figure out how to be more vocal. Yeah, yeah. Neither do I, though. So yeah, we're social media is. Uh, oh man, I could get a, I could go into a whole nother podcast episode about <laughs> so social could, media. So could, so could I. So mm-hmm. could I. We'll yeah. save that for another app. Absolutely. Of course, uh, if you want to join in on the watch parties, I do a watch party for each of these movies that we cover on this show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, you can do so by joining the conversation in our Discord. That's at discord.cinemavention.com. But if you can't make it to the party, uh, I can. I completely understand that. We do it at random times sometimes. Don't you worry, because we have that watch party available on demand exclusively to everyone who supports over at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everybody who keeps this show running. Don't forget that I am live twice a week over at twitch.tv slash wscottis1. Send in your thoughts about this email. Hey, if you've got a story um, from the newsroom, if you have a story of your childhood uh, wanting to work in the newsroom, email at cinemavention.com. And to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show, cinemavention.com. And like Sarah mentioned, uh, Cinemavention is available wherever you find your podcast. Pick your favorite, leave a five-star rating if you love the show, and subscribe. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. He's over at incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey with Matthew Ross from the VOD Squad. I am so excited to talk about that movie. And until then, stay classy, San Diego. Thanks for stopping by. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 